Don't start down that path. <laughs> Look at all the red hell. All we have to do is be really careful not to hurt ourselves in between our dreams. And that's how you know you're doing it, right? Poetry Night rings through. On Monday, February 25th, we said... Okay, one last story, and then I'm not telling any more stories. Uh, we went down to Jack's Memorial last week, and I want to talk about this this really amazing thing that happened. Um, not least of all to uh, not least of all the things like uh, when we arrived at the Unitarian Church, the sun came out like it was pouring down rain the whole ride, like to the point where we're like, oh god, should we pull over? The sun comes out and lights coming streaming through the windows like to the uh, What's that thing called? Paul altar. altar, yeah. Is it called that a Unitarian church? I don't know. The speak stand place. All right. The microphone, yeah. So that was that was cool. Or 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 uh, our friend our friend Sarah Brickman. She arrived later, and she arrived, came off the freeway, and went like underneath a rainbow that was just appearing. Like yeah, like it was it was almost a double rainbow. Um. I, I want to talk about that. I want to. Do, 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 do. I'm so excited about the story. So we're. Uh, so we're. The car is loaded, right? It's totally loaded. Uh, in the front, in the front seat, my we're just hammered. We're loopy on kokanee. All right. So uh, my friend Amanda's driving, and Jessica Lohafer's in the front seat, and I'm in the back seat on the right, like typing on my computer, like doing work shit. With Jeff Klinsky like sitting in the middle and Mike McGee like this and the left side. Dude, it is like a Klinsky sandwich and he's just like lean meat. You know what I mean? He's a skinny little guy. So, yeah. Yeah, like, like Tempa. Tempe. Tempa? Whatever. Yeah, that shit's called Satan and that's weird. Alright, anyways. So. We're like, we're like cruising down the freeway at cruising speeds for a cruising hour. We're cruising. Um, we pull off the freeway into like this, like strip mall of an area of Marysville, right? It's, it's six lanes wide, uh, with no, with no shoulder, right? Overpasses going, whatever, like, you know, like the entire town converges on this little corner here, right? And we pull off and we, we, the, we, like the car does this sort of shutter thing as we're on the off ramp and we turn onto this like four way intersection and the car just completely dies about three quarters of a mile from the Unitarian church. Just completely dies. And I'm like, well, you know, I work in a restaurant and I'm used to shit just fucking up all the time. I'm like, all right guys, we got to get out of here. I'm putting my bag away. I've got a scone. I throw it over my shoulder in the back. And I'm like, okay, we're going to have to push it through that intersection. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'll, you know, I'll have, I'll have, I'll have, I'll have one person stand and like block traffic and we'll all push. And I'm like, this is what I'm thinking, you know? And as I'm like, like getting ready to like do all this shit and like thinking, I'm like, oh, I'm going to save the day. This tow truck just pulls up right next to us. We haven't been like stalled for more than 20 seconds. Maybe. You all need a lift, says this kid, you know, like, 
Why, yes, we do need a lift. So the tow truck pulls in front of us. We are not even, we haven't, we didn't block traffic more than like two minutes. Like, this is crazy. Pulls in front. And while the truck, while the, uh, while the car is getting loaded into the tow truck, we're like, oh man, well, we're just going to have to walk in the rain. But I bought a raincoat. It's no big D. I'll walk. There's just enough seats just to fit all but like a couple of us. And I'll be one of the people walking. I don't mind. And then this car pulls up in front of us. It's the Vancouver crew. Right? They're like, do you guys need a lift to the walkers? Now it's just me and Jeff walking. Everybody else is fine, right? So we walk, like, it all was just done, just like that. And I was, we get to the church and I'm like, well, you know, I don't believe in, like, the afterlife. You know, like, I don't think, like, Jack did this. All right? But I think that guy is cool enough to have done it if there were an afterlife. So I'll give him this one. Thank you, Jack. That was kind of cool. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please welcome our first poet of the evening, Boris, to the stage. Hey, jeez. Thanks. Hey, uh, this is a little... It might, it, it's, it's not very light. Yeah, I call it the experience of death. You cannot kill me. It was being explicit with me, harsh in tone. You can cut me and I will bleed and you can flush me away, but you will never have me leave your side. That was spontaneous, making it up. Think of me. As you sip your wine, pretending to be enjoyable, and taste me sliding down your unquenchable gullet, I will be the fruit fly drowning in your glass. I would die for this job with pleasure if that were all that was required to kill you, but I know you to be eternal, like me, and beyond the touch of simple death. You twist in its belly like the worm, like me in your gut, and you know me immovable. I'd die for this. I live for this, for your moment of sabotage and for when you fart out the great cloud of hate and my million buzzing children fly out of the stench and swarm about your head with impatience. Then my true show will begin. I must admit, I did not like the sound of it at all. That voice quaked with thunder, with crustal shift and great destruction. That voice was the end of worlds and death itself. I knew somehow the sweet tang soon to explode upon my creeping tongue, and this was the end. Thanks. Boris, ladies and gentlemen, give him a hand. Boris back there as he is every evening recording the evening for posterity. You can find it on our website. Amy, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Amy to the stage. Geese, upon the inkling of a threat, will become utterly silent in perfect unison. When thousands mimic the still icy water of the lake, their heads slick with silver moonlight, it is a shock of silence. They are straining to hear their entrance, 
The music is fear. Listen. Can you smell the swell of the wild-eyed symphony? The curtain rises. You pin the shadow of the skirt in front of you onto the stage with your point in piquet, and you feel your shadow secured by the dancer behind you. Like a school of fish or a herd of gazelle, fleet like a flock of starlings in flight, you must swarm. Seek the selfish safety of flagrant, syncopated motion. Your skin has ears. Your roaring heart competes to be the baseline. What is the music that hits you just so, extending your port bras in that exact alignment to elude predators? Write it. Don't fall. The audience needs you to survive. That is Amy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Dwayne to the stage. <laughs> this one's entitled, Today I Walk Upon the Beach. Today... I feel torn between pen and brush, between word and image. Today, they both want to take the lead. Today, I want to walk upon the beach. I cannot see stone or sand, only the white rice of your poem, Catherine. Only the weight-bearing rice of your poem. Today, I walk upon the beach spying barking sea lions who at night can be mistaken for dogs. Today I turn away from the sound of waves towards the estuaries of my spiritual kin, embracing my inner amphibian. I kick off my shoes, allow toes to sink into mud. Today I am one with my frogness. Today, I wish for a longer tongue to uncoil, snapping flies and gnats and mosquitoes, stealing their flight, leaving holes in the air. Today, frogs sing my song. I join in. Today, pen wins over brush. Today, I look at my hands, wish for webbing between wide digits. Today I desire skin to breathe through and a cute little froggit to woo with song. Today I sing down the sun. Today I would sing throughout the night until we spawn within the foreglow of dawn. Today I am a frog who walks upon the beach, seeing sand turn into white rice, turned to larva that will hatch winged meals. Today I am no longer torn. Today, I am a frog. That is Dwayne, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Shane to our stage.
um, meat pile. The old farm has seen better days. The garden beds are overgrown with daikon and clover. The tiller and the tractor are gone. There's moldy hay bales in the barn, a rusty washing machine, empty bottles, and dust on everything that hasn't been rained on. The landlord came by a few days ago to pick up his mower and let us know he'd stop paying the mortgage. We've got until December before the bank can foreclose. This time last year there were plans for a crop rotation. We had new ducklings in a greenhouse filled with pepper plants, basil and dill between every row. Today there's a dead raccoon in the dumpster. In a few months the signs will go up in the driveway. But for now, the weeds have cleared the fence lines. The hawk and the wildcat have come calling. The ducks stay close to the house, avoid the pond. The Shane, ladies and gentlemen. Would you please welcome Jeff Hanks to the stage? I wish the universe had a face. Wouldn't that be cool? The billions of planets and white dots of wonder and everything below every sea and every child's imagination and every bedtime story and all the holes of black and all the things they hide from us and all the money and all the mean people and all the karma trying to make it back around all encompassed in a headspace with a face. An acne-ridden, unibrowed, peach-fuzz, black-eyed, fat-lipped, buck-toothed, quadruple-chinned face with a twitchy grin, I would ask you, would you punch it or would you kiss it? But you would say, why does that have to be one or the other? And without me saying anything, you'd realize, because those are the only things it ever does to us. Now, I know you don't know this, but I think I am in love with you. And you're in love with him, but he loves her, who wants to violently shag him while she watches from a place where she's stuck, like traffic. But she actually slept with him last week, so she's good for a month, even though he still calls her every night after he tucks his wife into bed, who is smiling at her happy life so hard, her dimples pierce her tear ducts, and she cries herself to joyful slumber, while the universe keeps grinning and waiting for the exact combination of, of choices to be made in order for us all to arrive where we're meant to. It's waiting for me to make a choice. Because it will not settle for me muttering the words, I think I'm in love with you, under my smothered breath, between your bedsheets. No, no, the universe needs to know exactly where I stand, so it can start diagramming the most inefficient, time-consuming, bank-busting way to break my heart or make me forever wonder what could have been. Being unsure of things is the only way to prevent the universe from fucking you over a table and making you ask for more. And you will ask for more because assurance is addictive. So do yourself a favor and keep yourself sure of this one and only thing. The universe is waiting for you to mess up, and you're going to. And you will want it to be with me. And that's the only, that's the only one thing I am sure of. Jeff Hanks, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Liz to the stage. Liz McNally. 
way we listened to music. In the den, lights off, windows open behind beat-up blinds. I sat on brown shag carpet, parted its long strands to find the yellow glue disintegrating between the fibers in sharp crumbles like sugar. I picked at the pieces, rolled them between my fingers, pressed them hard into my skin until it hurt. No one was allowed to touch the turntable but Dad. We listened to Rimsky-Korsakov's Scheherazade, Stevie Wonder's The Secret Life of Plants, The Moody Blues' Days of Future Past, Puccini's Turandot. My back pressed against the gold velvet couch that smelled like cat piss, like the dregs of Dad's Coors Light he let me finish. Skyscraper equalizer lights rose and fell, green cities built and destroyed by the beat. Fleas sprung on my bare legs, jumped at the boom of the cannon during the 1812 overture. That is Liz, ladies and gentlemen. Give her a hand. Ladies and gentlemen, here to read the last poem for Poetry Night in the Amadeus Project. Let's hope he doesn't fuck it up. No pressure. Please welcome Ryler Dustin to our stage. This is the last poem that I read at Stewart's, actually, um, a long time ago. And uh, at the time, I thought it might be the last poetry night in a long time or maybe ever. Um, and uh, I haven't read this poem since then, I don't think. Um, and I'd no I've noticed, like, over the years of being in Bellingham that things tend to close a lot and... Other amazing things open, and there's this constant uh, state of flux that's very organic and strange, um, and and imposes a kind of transience on uh, poetry night, I think. Or you know, maybe that's just a very zoomed out perspective, having been here a long time. But um, this poem is is sort of about that. It's called Dust. After the world had ended. Some of us stained it still as ghosts, haunting earth because we had loved and hated our race so much. We knelt on sidewalks to run our hands over the widening cracks, tasted the soft fuzz of weeds on our fingertips as overgrown street maples tapped the browning windows of abandoned cafes and record stores. We cast rocks through rampant greenhouses, tore billboards, burned museums in fits of anger or boredom, until a resigned wonder settled on us, and we caught our breaths in soundless air, marveled that the stars could be so bright in the city. We wandered into homes, caught rainwater through leaky roofs, blew softly on the cobwebs in schoolhouse corners, 
pushed the swings of old playgrounds forward, back. Remembered children's laughter when we heard the rusty cooing of the chains. Our procession led us out of the cities, to where the wind thickened with the smells of wild grass, to the edges of forests that were rising to reclaim where we had cut, to sinking shipyards where our cradles crashed and swelled like moving stone, to fields peppered with smokeless farmhouses, broken plows, buckets and wrenches sleeping in the dust-colored barley. I saw some of you there, lingering in that sunset. We were all silent poets. We leaned on the same mushroom-steeped telephone poles, sighed in passing as we came and went under the thresholds of darkened homes, knelt side by side to examine the small things that contained the truth of what we were. Paint cans, notebooks, rusty spoons, cameras. We stood holding hands like loyal orphans around the bones of an old tractor crumbling in the wheat. Brother Dustin, ladies and gentlemen, give him a hand. And that is our show. Let's keep it going for all the poets who performed for you this evening. Let's get back to what we're doing here. And that, by the way, is poetry. Poetry, poetry, that's poetry, that's poetry. Poetry and... Poetry and... Poetry and fake goods, fake goods, fake goods, fake goods, fake goods, fake goods, fake Like your daily value in just two bites. In just two bites. Poetry.